0: Do you ever hear anybody call them portents? Uh, No. Have we had this conversation before? Uh, I don't know. I mean, port- portents, portents, is an old world word, but what I remember people calling it when I was coming up was bodements. It bod? was a bo- I have abodement about that. B-o-d-e-m-e-n-t. Never heard that. Abodement. And that was. I've heard, I've got a funny feeling about that. <laughs> well. Yeah. Lordy, remember all those times. Funny feeling. Is anything going on I need to know? Well, I don't know, Grandma. What do you mean? I just have a kind of funny feeling, which means she the eyes in the back of her head were seeing everything I was doing. And she was waiting for you to confess it? That's right. And then I was going to hear the clarion call of the Grandma, which is, cut me a switch. <laughs> you go out to the yard right now. That's and right. get me a hickory switch. And it better not be a little one. And it better not be too big or too little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Not that we would know anything about it. No, nothing about that. Actually, we had a, a, a neighbor woman who I guess was technically like a third cousin five times removed or something. <laughs> and she was a little old woman. And she, I, I've talked about this before, she'd switch my, my legs, I think, just to watch them jiggle. Oh. Oh, she's awful. Awful that's bad. Oh and it hurts so much. Being switched hurts so much. Well, it does, but it's the threat of it that would get me. See I, you. Know, I I don't test people like you evidently. <laughs> um, I'm afraid oh. it is a part of my character that I it was it's a major flaw in my character. Let's just be clear. That you would test people? Oh my goodness. Well, that and um, dares. I love I I I will almost always take a dare and I shouldn't say that. God. Golly We better cook this part, uh, cut part out. out, Craig <laughs> Craig, would you just put some crows over that? Yes, please <laughs> As you wish, ladies uh, Here's a crow special service announcement Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea Let's go to press Flash! Do you have a magpie in your home? If you do, you are most fortunate The magpie is the most charming bird in all the world He is the best friend the farmer ever had Treat him gently Treat him kindly and always remember the magpie deserves your respect. Hello everybody. Well I'm not so I am not so about that as I was when I was younger, but i I was pretty adventurous I do a lot of a lot of weird things. Yeah weirdo yeah. that I am. So let me ask you a question. What if you think back, what is your earliest memory of an omen that came to you unbidden? Whoa, that is a good question, and I, I don't know that I can remember an omen exactly, but I remember a of yeah, portrait. well. I remember having a prophetic dream when I was about seven or eight years old. Okay. And I think I've talked here before about my grandmother was very gifted with that. Mm-hmm. And I guess because I'd grown up in a, in a family where they were comfortable with talking about dreams and what they meant and if they meant something that was a prediction of the future. But when I was seven or eight years old, I, know, I remember I was in school but not in school for very long, and I woke up, and I and the dream I had was so peculiar and felt so different than any other dream I'd ever had. And I don't even remember what the event was in the dream, but three days later, it happened. Oh. So if I had that dream, say, on a Tuesday, and it it came to pass, as it were, on the Friday, then I remember the next Sunday, we often spent the Saturday night with my grandmother mm-hmm. and grandfather. We'd go to church on Sunday morning, and... Um, and when my grandfather was doing, maybe taking a nap, because he used to take a nap all the time, I, I asked my grandmother about it, I said, I had this dream, and it came true just like your dreams. And she sat down with me, and she said now, and she kind of told me the rules. She said, now, you can never tell people what's in the dream, but if you have that kind of dream about somebody, it's okay to tell them I had this dream, and i tell them the details of the dream, but tell them what the bodiment was. And so um, I said, okay, okay. And I said, did they come all the time? And she said they they didn't come for her all the time, but when they came, they were important. Yeah. That it was a gift. You know when it's one of those dreams. Yeah, absolutely you do. My mom was the most gifted dreamer in that way that I've ever met. And it's uh, I do believe it's a familial thing. Mm. I think my Uh grandmother, her mother, was uh-huh. also a gifted dreamer, and they always talked to me about my dreams as a child. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing my mom said every morning was, well, what'd you dream last night? Mm-hmm. Right, Probably before we were even eating breakfast or anything, was what'd you dream last night? And so she trained me from childhood to wake up and remember my dreams. Yes. And I'm grateful for that. Well, because she gave your dreams value. Mm-hmm. And when when somebody values that... Then you pay more attention. You give it good attention, right. as we like to say. Does she still have those dreams? She doesn't talk about them oh, okay. anymore. I but she's really an elder now. She's an elderly woman now, and she does occasionally mention dreams. but it, And she never did make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. She never went around saying blah de blah blah I was a witness to things that blow my mind. Just even now as an adult, when I think about some of the stuff that happened. And I'll ask her if I can talk about some of it Mm -hmm. in public. She may not want that because a lot of it would be about family. Yeah. Because her life revolved around the family, you know. Mm -hmm. And so mom would have a dream and then it would come true. And I will say this. There was one time in particular when she had dreams that were so bad that they lasted for several days oh, oh. and then she became nervous, really, really nervous. I was a witness to all of this. And my dad came home from work to comfort her and I remember specifically that, I remember hearing him tell her, now you're gonna need to lay down and get some rest and you know, whatever it was he was saying. And the phone rang about a half hour later and she, I remember hearing her say, well, that's so-and-so on the phone calling to tell me such-and-such. Such. Yes. And yes. it was. Yep. And then the dream, it was like her nervousness was over Yeah. at that point. Because yep. whatever it was that she was worried about had happened. Yeah. So yep. that was interesting to grow up around. Yeah. You know. Well, and I think I told you about the omens we had, because my niece died on January the 1st, and so... On New Year's Eve, we didn't do a party or anything. We were just home. I believe we drank some champagne just for fun. Yes, my dear. But um, at midnight, we we were counting down to midnight. You know, and a few minutes mm-hmm. before midnight, we realized that the clock in the bathroom had stopped. Oh. And the clock in the kitchen had stopped. Wow. And a little alarm clock that Joe had used um, had stopped earlier in the day. My goodness. And at the time that kind of, ooh, up and down the back of your neck thing that happens. That happened, and I just put it aside, and I said, well, I thought to myself, well, that's a, boy, that's an Appalachian omen, isn't it? When the clock stops, it means death, sure as the world. But I didn't think any more about that except to maybe make a note of it for the book I was writing to make sure I added that in and by golly you got the call 12 hours later maybe 15 hours later i got a text from my sister in law telling me that her daughter had died wow and and the thing about those kind of omens is so even if i had taken that very seriously as an omen of of coming Importance. death yeah. it didn't tell me who yeah, what are you going to do about it? So you know somebody's going to die, and then you're just going to sit there with your shoulders hunched up till the phone rings. Yeah. So there needs to be a way, and I've been thinking about this a lot, to go deeper into these omen patterns and say, all right, so I thank you for giving me the omen. Now I want more information. I want to know what's going to happen. And maybe that's not how it works. Maybe you never get more information. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. Because... It's a frustration, and it feels like a, a a blessing and a curse, sort of, when you have omens and you are divinator. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not something that you always ask for,
1: no, although you can.
0: You can, but sometimes it just comes unbidden. Right. I know for a, a while I had this weird thing that happened to me Anytime. time there was an earthquake anywhere in the world that was 6.0 Richter or higher, I knew. And I knew it because there was this sensation in the tops of my thighs that was like, the way I describe it is very attractive. It was like worms were underneath the skin on the top of my thighs. My goodness. Of, it was very distinctive, and there was nothing else. It wasn't as soon as I would feel that, I would go, that, th- those are my earthquake legs. Wow. But I never knew far enough in advance to say, to call and go, well, it's the San Andreas this time, y'all better batten down the hatches. It was never enough information to do anything, because it never happened really ahead of the event. But when it did happen, as soon as that happened, I would go to the computer, or I'd listen to the radio, or whatever, and sure enough, hmm. every time there was a, an earthquake, sometimes a really big earthquake, mm-hmm. uh, but there was an earthquake, and that that is what happened at the same time. It's one of the mysteries... It is. Of being human and able to think is trying to figure out what the correlation between our experiences and what they mean yes. and what we could do about it if, if we even understood it. Yeah. And, and that thing went on for months while I tried to evaluate it and figure mm-hmm. out what it was. Because my first thought was, is there something wrong with my muscles? Are my muscles bunching up and doing weird things? But I seemed to not lack mobility or any of that. So then I started observing all, everything around me, and I started tying in. Every time that happened, there was an earthquake somewhere. It wasn't even a local earthquake, but every time it happened, there was a, there was an earthquake. And then after about, I don't know, about a year and a half, once I realized what it was, it just stopped. Hmm. That's, that's, that's interesting weird. stuff. I know, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Well, you know, Christians have divine appointments. Yes, yes. And... The Hindi also have their version of Divine Appointments, Mm -hmm. and of course in Appalachia we've got all these stories about crossroad meetings and, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth, and it's one of those subjects that my mind just gets bogged down in so many possibilities that it's hard for me to even start talking about it. Yeah, because we don't we don't want to take too much time on this podcast, but it's a subject that I could talk about for hours and hours and hours and try and figure it out vocally. But I will say that that I'm going to bring it back to Weird Mountain here, and this is our born into it tradition. Yes, I don't know if it, yep. I don't know what you would call it Appalachian pagan witch. I don't know what you would yeah. call it. But I, this is who we are. Yeah, and I think most Appalachians, traditional Appalachians. Would not be comfortable with the word pagan or witch. So maybe whatever it is, it's connected a, it's to a, the earth. It's then a folk way thing. Yeah, it's a folk well, way. Well, like like smelling the air and knowing what the weather was going to be. Did you ever have relatives mm-hmm. that could do that? Well, yeah, can to a certain degree. Yes, yeah, me too. Me too. You know, my friend would call it the ability to micro observe. Yes, or observe micro patterns. That that makes perfect sense. And even if you were doing it without attaching that name to it. You may just be somebody who sees everything. You know, Sherlock Holmes always says, I see everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I think, see things and don't even can what they mean. They And don't even know that they saw it until right. afterwards. And so it's awareness, too. Yeah. Man, we could just get off on all these I hippy-dippy-trippy hippy, kind of... And, and these are the kind of things that I love to talk with real, genuine, old-school practitioners yes. about. Because they often have wisdom, and sometimes, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they go, yes, yeah, so it comes and goes. I might, I have had a thing like that once, and then it went away, and I never got it again. Or, no, I always have these dreams, these prophetic dreams, they used to call them. Yeah. Now we call them precognitive, pre-cognitive. dreams. Yes. But, yeah, it, it's very different. I love to talk to people that do this, like mm-hmm. we do. Like we do. I grew up with it. It just feels like normal life. Normal life here on Whatever Weird the hell that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on Weird Mountain. Weird anyway, Mountain. so there's one section. Okay. Thank you, darling. Thank you. That was a great topic today. Good show, ladies. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.